friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren and thank you so much for joining us another week on the podcast to talk about another set of challenges and wins and just things we should think about in our Etsy businesses. Today on the podcast, we are going to be diving into shipping internationally. This is something that a lot of sellers have a big hang up with, whether you are new to the Etsy game or whether you've been selling for a long time. Shipping internationally can be kind of intimidating and um, it just feels like it's kind of this step outside of your comfort zone, I guess. A lot of people have never shipped something internationally in their personal lives, so they don't really have a lot of familiarity with it. So that is what we are going to be talking about today. And I do want to caveat it by saying that this is my personal experience and my personal feelings about shipping internationally. Your mileage may vary. You may have had really bad experiences or you may have had a really good experience and it's no big deal. So this is definitely something that you are going to have to play around with in your business and sort of see where you fall in how it's working for you. Just like so many things with Etsy and with running a business in general, you kind of have to figure out whether or not it's worth it to you. So I just want to kick off by saying that a lot of newer sellers especially have hangups about international shipping for a couple reasons. They are unfamiliar with the options for shipping and they're very nervous about lost packages having to go so far away. They are worried about the costs involved in shipping internationally. And then lastly, they are not sure if it's really worth the headache or if the market is really there to even make a difference to um, their business or their overall profit margins, if it's if it's worth it really to deal with the headache of having to do international shipping. So my advice is that I have had an overall good experience with international shipping. It really hasn't been something that has been a thorn in my side or caused me a lot of problems with a few exceptions and with a few things to think about that we're going to go over in this podcast today. If you're using Etsy labels, which I always recommend for sellers, shipping internationally really isn't that much harder than shipping domestically. You just need to have a scale, which if you're using Etsy labels, you already have a scale, and then just Click the option just like you would with a normal Etsy label. It does require you to fill in some customs information, but Etsy also allows you to pre-fill that. So it kind of does it automatically, prints it out, slap that label on the package, and you're good to go. So it really isn't more complicated. You don't have to have the forms that you stick to the front of the package and all of that like you do if you go to the post office. Um, But let's go over some potential issues that you might run into with international shipping and ways to protect yourself from either getting in over your head with costs or just being caught off guard with things that are a little bit different with international places. 
First off, you wanna think about the cost of your packages. You always want to make sure that you are covering your costs plus more. If people are wanting to buy from you and they are not located in the same country as you, and I will also say that throughout this whole episode, I am mostly talking to my US-based sellers who are shipping internationally from the US. So this is not really the same situation if you are located outside of the US and you are shipping to a US buyer base just because of the way that the free shipping algorithm works and all of that. So this episode is really geared more towards my US sellers shipping internationally to other countries outside of the US. So in that case, most people who are buying from overseas are willing to pay the shipping charges. They are used to paying shipping charges, they're used to having higher shipping charges than maybe what US buyers would be willing to pay. And this is this is definitely a double standard with the free shipping guarantee for US buyers and all of that, but it kind of just is what it is. That's a different episode for a different day. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, just know that international buyers are not expecting free shipping. And you wanna make sure that your costs are covered plus enough costs to um, cover your materials or your insurance, which we will go into more later. If you ship primarily through the USPS, which I usually recommend unless there's some sort of extenuating circumstance that makes yours different, go to usps.com and go to calculate the price on the website and then play around with some different countries and see what the pricing looks like for your average package size and weight. Um, You want to, again, make sure that your costs are covered and that's kind of hard to do if you don't know what country you're shipping to or what that actual cost is gonna be. Typically, the highest price for shipping is from the US to Australia. So that's usually what I base my international shipping rate off of for all countries other than Canada. So when you go to set up your international shipping, you could do it country by country throughout the whole entire world if you wanted to do that. I don't know why you would spend the time to do that because it's not really worth it. You're not going to have probably enough buyers from every country in the entire world to spend the time doing that. So what I have always done is one set of prices for US-based buyers, one set of prices for Canadian buyers, and one set of prices for the rest of the world. The way that I set the rest of the world price is to base it off of what it would cost to ship to Australia. Because in my experience of playing around with it, Australia is usually the highest price to ship to or the furthest distance, I guess, or I don't know exactly. (laughs) I don't know exactly how they calculate it. But um, when I put in US to Australia for, let's say, a one pound package, that is more expensive than shipping to pretty much anywhere else that I've calculated. So I base the rest of the world price off of Australia. If somebody is, for example, buying from the United Kingdom, they are going to be overpaying for shipping in that case because it's cheaper to ship to the United Kingdom than it is to Australia. But I am not really concerned about that. I don't refund shipping overages. I just figure if they wanna buy it, they can pay the shipping costs. If they don't want to, then you know they don't have to. That's the way that I have always said it for simplicity's sake. If you wanted to break it out and separate Europe out um, because it is a little bit cheaper to ship to Europe, then you could also do that. 
I do set Canada differently than the rest of the world because it is a lot cheaper to ship to Canada. You may want to run those numbers by themselves versus the rest of the world, but I have found that typically it costs for my package size and weight, it costs about 25-ish dollars to ship to Australia and it will end up costing like 11 to 15 to ship to Canada. So it's a pretty big difference. And in, I do actually get a lot of orders from Canada. So for me, it is worth it to spend a little bit of time and figure out what that cost is so that I can make it a little bit more reasonable for them because it is I do have a large buyer base in Canada. Again, I just want to really stress that it is important for you to know your costs. I see it all the time in Etsy Facebook groups and different places, the forums where Etsy buyers are talking about their shop or talking about their experiences where they were really unprepared with their shipping costs. And so either they set it to free shipping, which obviously would be extremely expensive, or they set the shipping prices way out of line with what it's actually costing them. And so then somebody goes to buy the item and they are like really caught off guard by the fact that it's costing, you know, let's say 25 or $30 to ship a package that they've only charged $5 in shipping for. And then, you know, they're scrambling to figure out what they're gonna do in that instance. It can be very expensive to ship overseas, for example, like a one and a half pound package could be around $30 or so. So you definitely want to be aware of your costs so that you are not in a situation where you're either having to eat the cost of the product and ship it anyway, or cancel the order because you don't want to and potentially really make your customer not very happy. The next thing we wanna think about is the size of packages. If you have very large or very heavy items, you may want to play around with the numbers and that USPS calculator or FedEx or UPS if that might be cheaper for you. But the chances are that it may very well be cost prohibitive to ship internationally. You can always still offer it as an opportunity, but if your costs to ship are, let's say, $50 or $80 or $100, it's probably not gonna end up being a very large percentage of sales just because obviously your buyer base is going to go down the more they are having to pay for shipping, even if those are your actual costs and you're not making a profit or anything on there just by virtue of the expense of it, your um, interested buyers are probably going to be fewer based on, on that. The next thing I wanna talk about and something that a lot of people really run into issues with, so this is, like I said, something that you are going to have to really um, observe your own experiences and see if it affects you. I have not personally been affected by this. However, I have talked to other sellers who have been and had really bad experiences, but this is the VAT taxes that the European Union and other parts of Europe impose on packages that are coming into the country from outside. So international packages being sent to their country. The VAT taxes stand for value added taxes. This is also something that we're not particularly um, aware of in the United States because we don't generally pay import taxes other than you know if you're going on vacation and you're bringing stuff back from vacation or whatever. But 
they can be really high for European countries. They range dramatically from about 17% to 27% as of this recording. So it's a substantial portion of the cost of goods. So if you sell somebody a $100 item, they could pay anywhere from $17 to $27 in import taxes. And this is something that they have to pay when they pick it up from whatever postal service is happening in that country. Hey guys, I am hopping on here really fast to invite you to join my totally free Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. If you are needing some support or have questions or just want to link arms with other Etsy sellers who are in the same position as you and can support each other and encourage each other along the way, head to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash Facebook. That will redirect you to the Etsy Roadmap Facebook group and we would love to have you join and hope to see you there. laurenkeplinger.com forward slash Facebook. It is not the responsibility of the seller to pay these taxes. In fact, it is illegal for the sellers to pay the taxes, but there's a lot of information and misinformation and confusion with the residents of these countries, although it really should be well known to them. But a lot of times they will either claim that they did not know about the taxes and refuse to pick up the item, or if they do know about it ahead of time, they will ask the seller to mark it as a gift to avoid VAT taxes. So if they are receiving something as a gift from somebody, they don't have to pay those taxes. However, as a seller, it is illegal for you to mark it as a gift to avoid those taxes for them, and they are not allowed to ask you to do that. So that is not really a road that you should go down. You should simply tell them that, I'm sorry, it's um, not, I'm not able to do that. It's illegal, whatever, however you want to word it for them. But I would not recommend that you mark it as a gift to avoid those taxes for them. It is, however, a good idea to message people in European countries to make sure that they are aware that they're going to have to pay these taxes. Um, I also see a big disconnect if you have a US-based buyer that is sending a gift to a recipient in a European country. So a lot of times I have seen this um, in my shop where people are based in the US and they are buying it from me in the US, but they are sending it as a gift to a European country. Those people probably are not aware of the VAT taxes. And so I always think that it is a good idea in that instance to message that buyer if, if you know, I mean, sometimes you don't know, but sometimes they will leave a message saying, I wanna ship this to my friend in Europe, I left the address or whatever. And it's a good idea to message them in that case and tell them that if you send it directly as the shop owner to the recipient, that recipient will have to pay those VAT taxes when they pick the item up. However, if you ship it to your U.S. buyer and then they ship it as a gift to the person in the European country, my understanding is that that person then does not have to pay those taxes. So in that case, they may opt to have you send it to them instead of sending it directly so that the person doesn't have to pay the taxes. There is a risk in sending it to these European countries as a shop owner because they can always just refuse to pick up the package if they decide that they have buyer's remorse and they don't want to pay those taxes. And it will be returned to you as a return to sender. 
and you will be responsible for refunding, which you're like, okay, that's fine. I can always refund the cost of the package. But the real kind of kicker with (laughs) European buyers is that as a part of selling to the European Union, you are guaranteeing or you're you're agreeing to abide by their rules of online e-commerce which guarantees a refund within 14 days for most buyers. There are some categories of products like personalized or digital goods that have been downloaded that are exempt from that guarantee, but this guarantee tells them that they can get their money back within 14 days of buying something, including shipping costs. So that means that if you sell earrings and you ship a package to somewhere that has this guarantee, somewhere in Europe, and they have buyer's remorse along the way and they say that they want a refund, they can refuse that package at customs It will be shipped back to you and you will be required to refund, including shipping for any or no reason at all. So even though it may have cost you 10 or $15 to ship it, you will still have to refund that shipping. So that is um, not, not a great aspect of taking on this risk. And that is really where I would say it comes in that you have to play with this yourself and your own market and figure out whether or not this is going to be worth it to you if you're willing to take that risk or if you'd rather just avoid it entirely. I have not found the European countries to be a huge market for me. However, I also sell personalized items. So I have not ever, knock on wood, not ever run into a situation where somebody has demanded a refund and I have been required to give them a refund because all of my items are personalized. So they kind of fall outside of that guarantee, at least to my understanding and in my experience. Um, But if you sell something like, let's say, vintage clothing or something where the possibility is high that somebody might receive it and it doesn't fit or it's not what they were really wanting or where you have a high return rate, um, then I would definitely really think about this and how it's going to impact you if your profit margins can handle having these returns that also include the shipping fee being refunded. Again, in my experience, this is mostly the European countries that um, are dealing both with the VAT taxes and confusion surrounding those and also with this refund and return policy. So you can still sell internationally to the rest of the world and just not include those countries. It's still possible for you. Maybe you want to sell to Australia or maybe you want to continue to sell to Canada. You know, you can pick and choose where you want to sell and where you don't want to sell. The last thing that I would always recommend for people when they are shipping internationally is to buy insurance for your packages. I generally do not recommend buying insurance Um, for most industries. That's really going to be industry specific. But for a lot of industries, I don't think that it makes sense to buy insurance for your packages on a regular basis. But I always buy insurance for overseas packages. And I would not count on the USPS insurance being sufficient. I would 
by the additional insurance that you can select with your Etsy labels when you're printing them off. So when you go to print off your label and you put in the size and the weight and the way that you want it to ship and all of that information, there's a box that says add insurance and asks you for the package value to insure. I always select that insurance for international packages and then also include the cost of the shipping as part of the cost to insure because you wanna make sure you're gonna get back the shipping costs if something happens. I have sent packages all over the world, including some maybe less common countries and have only ever had two issues with shipping. One was to Dubai and one was to the Philippines. The Dubai one was a, a long time ago and I can't remember the exact issue and I couldn't find it in my old orders to figure out exactly what went wrong. But my recollection of it is that it was actually an issue on my part. Um, and it was just a really big bummer because I had to correct it and reship a an item at my own cost to the buyer in Dubai. And it was really expensive for me to do that. But, but I'm pretty sure it was a problem that I created. Um, the other one was to the Philippines and that was my first ever lost package. It was shipped in, I think like October and by January, the buyer still had not gotten it. Thankfully, she was super patient and just really, really pleasant about the whole thing. And she obviously waited for forever and ever. And I finally said, okay, I, I don't think this is happening. So I had bought insurance for that package through Shipsurance, which is where it comes from when you add the additional insurance on the Etsy label and she filled out a little um, thing and got a refund for the package. And um, I, well, I refunded her and then I got a refund through the insurance. So it was a relatively simple thing to take care of. It didn't really end up being a big deal. She was obviously bummed that she had waited a long time, but she was very pleasant. And um, my guess is shipping or receiving things in the Philippines, it probably wasn't her first time ever losing a package. So those are the only issues that I've ever had with shipping though. Again, knock on wood, you never know what can happen and there can be long delays at times. I have had things that have shipped before where people have been really impatient to receive them or really anxious to receive them and they have gotten stuck in customs for two or three weeks and they just sit there and not, don't really move and I have to keep you know, um, telling the buyer that it can take up to six weeks to get through customs. Most people know that when they're buying internationally and most people outside the US know that it's going to take longer. You know, they're not gonna be able to get something in a week or whatever. I recently ordered something from Australia and I ordered it like over a month in advance and I was still nervous about it getting here in time, but I knew that if it didn't get here in time, it was because I had waited too long and a month was not long enough. So I think that it's pretty common knowledge that when you're buying from an international country and it's having to clear customs, it can get stuck there for a little while. Um, but it is part of your customer service just to have to reassure your customer that it's on its way. It can take a while. I'm not going to refund if it's stuck in customs for a few days. You know, you definitely have to give it time. I have also shipped things to the UK that have arrived in like four or five days. So it can vary dramatically, which makes it a little bit hard to set that expectation. But I think that in this case, the communication is really key to stay in touch with the customer, especially if they are messaging you or emailing you and asking you where it is and how long it's gonna take, or 
if they're asking you before they're buying and they're saying that, you know, I need it by X date, am I going to be able to get it? You really want to make sure that you're protecting yourself by covering your bases and saying, you know, it can take up to six weeks to get through customs and I really don't have any guarantee that it's going to move faster. Of course, it could move faster and it could get there in time, but there's also the possibility that it's not going to. But you definitely want to make sure that you do have that insurance through the ShipSurance. I have found it to be very worthwhile, although I have not had a lot of lost packages. I always know that it is not going to come out of my pocket if it does get lost. The insurance through ShipSurance is very cheap. It's like a couple dollars. So while I wouldn't recommend it for every single order that you're shipping everywhere, unless you have a very special circumstance, I do definitely recommend it for those international orders because just the cost of the shipping is so expensive. And if you end up in a situation where the package is lost and you're either having to refund or to replace it and ship it again, that could very quickly get very, very expensive having to redo those shipping costs. And I mean, basically you're gonna be losing money on the sale at that point. So those are my thoughts about international shipping. And overall, I do wanna stress that I have had a very good experience with international shipping. I really have not had any major issues or horror stories to tell about doing it. I, I find international customers to be extremely pleasant and patient and just generally very easy to deal with. Some of that could be my niche personally because they are customized items. And some of it could just be that the expectations are different in other countries and they're not expecting things to get here ASAP. And so it's a little bit easier for that those delays to happen. Um, they're just generally more understanding of that. This is gonna be really dependent on your business and the risk that you're willing to undertake though. So I do wanna stress that it's something that maybe you test out, maybe you play around with, but be aware of your costs and you know potential for lost packages or having to refund or to resend and just to really make sure that you're noting, are you having more issues? Are you having customer service problems or delays or, or an increase in those refunds? I hope that this has been helpful for you and helped to clarify some potential issues around international shipping so that you can make sure that you are protecting yourself as best you can and anticipating things before that they are happening so that you can maybe avoid them or at least be prepared for them and not caught off guard. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.